back. Uh, the reason why you just heard our interlude music is because we had quite an interlude. We actually lost a good probably hour and a half of the show last night uh, due to some technical difficulties on our side. So we're going to kind of uh, do a summation show this time and wrap up all the loose ends we left you hanging with in the last, what was it, 16-minute episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, just almost 17 minutes. Almost, 17 almost minutes. got to 17 <laughs> That's what she said. So let's go right through the uh, things that we're going to touch on. Uh, You were actually finishing up a story. Ali Antrazi was giving you some props. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, um, check out out the last episode if you haven't already, and we're just going to jump from there. So we went went through an introduction there. Um, We're going to try and hit all those topics, but we might be a little bit briefer. Um, So talking about um, my day one of the... Um, the actual GP, uh, I was one, one, and one, and uh, um, Ollie picked up on the fact that I was probably going to be going on tilt, or that I, in fact, was um, already on tilt because of the the way that I lost. Uh, again, if I if if I recall, I think I I went to like shatter or, or somehow kill his Sovak replica, seeing that he didn't have any green mana, but he had a, a green mirror. So in response, he like blew up something of mine and it totally blew me out. Um, so anyway, he, he kind of gives me a little bit of a pep talk, and I go on to um, then win my um, a, a number of, of consecutive rounds after that. Uh, I have to, at, at, a, at a record of 1-1-1, one, one, and one, I actually have to win out um, for the rest of day one to be able to make day two, because I need seven wins. I need to have 21 points. Uh, which is effectively usually a seven-two record, but a seven-one and one record is is fine. So if I if I win my next six rounds, then I I make day two, um, which is a, a pretty tall order. But there's no reason to le- to drop at that point. Um, I think I have a very strong deck, and uh, if if I get a couple of wins, I can I can get to the point where I've got a um, I've got I'm in the the bracket of of people that maybe had a couple of buys. And maybe don't have a very strong deck, like strong players with poor decks. That was kind of my goal. So I was basically just trying to take it one run at a time, uh, and I, I think I did fairly well. Uh, I, I went on a streak. Uh, I won my four rounds fairly handedly, beating some really crazy decks: um, Molten Tail, Worm Coil, um, you know, just just some some crazy crazy decks. Um, so not exactly what I expected in terms of, of the, the you know pros or, or things of that people of that stature, but uh, some really good decks. And then uh, I won an, another round. Uh, I ended up actually no, I, I ended up going um, six two and one for the tournament. I, I, I lost in the in the eighth round, uh, and then I played out my my last round just to because. Uh, uh, from a from a statistic standpoint, I thought that my deck was really strong. And I figured I'd steal another, you know, another win and get a little bit more rating points. But uh, yeah, I didn't make day two. Uh, of the people in our car, uh, the people with buys made day two, and the people without buys did not make two day two, which is uh, pretty indicative. Generally speaking, it's hard it's hard to make day two without any buys. Yeah, so, those are a lot of rounds. Uh, definitely a lot of rounds. Um, and. Uh, you know, I was just going to say, I said the last time that I got lost, but I just want to touch on it. I actually had a very similar experience in the Minnesota GP last year with Ali, where he happened to be sitting next to me, and he saw the game, and my opponent was, um, just got, you know, 
super luck sacky and I think he was being kind of a tool and Ali was having me playing next to me and you know he looked over and he's like oh man you know that's just bad beats but don't worry about it it happens and you know he looked through my deck and he actually gave me a lot of congratulations and said it was uh you know he thought it was a much better deck anyway but um you know he was just a really cool guy and and uh you know he has some articles at Mana Nation so check him out um but really cool guy and a great deck builder and just a really good ambassador for the game uh we like players like that who are chill um so we're going to try yeah. to uh run through these because of time constraints on both sure, ends sure. but uh we do want to make sure that we touch also on the Madison PTQ that we just went to uh which we did not get to that in the uh, abbreviated version of... No, no, game. no, we didn't. Okay. Um, yeah, so I actually played in a PTQ the next day. I went 5-3-1. and one. Not not so great. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's fine, but again, not, not top eighting. And then, uh, yeah, this last weekend, we both played at a PTQ. Um, you can go through your experience. Uh, my experience was just uh, I, I was 2-0 and then I went 0-2 drop. Um, I just... First of all, you know, I was saying yesterday, I think that in this format, without having a very bomb-intensive deck, like, for example, the deck that I opened was Kaldaltha Phoenix, Foil Kaldaltha Phoenix, um, Worm Coil Engine, Ratchet Bomb, and Steel Hellkite, and just a bunch of great white removal, a couple of rests, uh... You know, just very a very solid deck, um, and that's something that will go XO in a good player's hands, or will make it to the top eight. You know, and there are other decks like that that are just absolutely tremendous. And then you have decks that have like one or two playable rares, um, which just I don't I feel like don't have the staying power in this format and sealed, and it's very hard to. Um, you know, because with a couple decks, especially in a draft format, it's like, well, if you're playing three rounds, you can, you know, someone will get, you know, lucky one time, your perfect draws will come up, it'll happen. But over time, like anything, you know, statistically, it'll it'll even itself out, right? So same same with this, and it's just like, well, I can't expect to do, you know, you always want to play your tightest and do your best, but you can't expect to do too well with a deck like that. Um, that's just how I feel about this format. It's... Uh, very hard if you don't have a deck that has the potential to really get there. And one interesting side note, too, uh, before, Greg, you get to your side of it, was that I did sit right by Azrael, and uh, he had a very interesting uh, double Venser, a, a Venser and a Foil Venser deck, which was kind of uh, funny to see. Um, didn't end up doing too well with it, but uh, I think, but it was just kind of cool to see that. Um, Although there's probably other rares or mythics I'd want to crack besides two Vencers and a sealed as well. Uh, but go ahead, Greg. He didn't. He didn't actually do too badly. Um, I I actually played him in the Swiss. Um, oh, you did? Yeah. I, I he uh, so in so I in the first round I actually played uh, Rhino, who um, and there's there's a there's a funny longer story to that. If anybody's interested, they can they can email me and I'll tell them. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, we 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 went to three three games and and uh, Rhino got a little little mana screwed. Um, I don't think it was particularly relevant in the third game, if I recall correctly, but it was it was a little relevant earlier. Um, anyway, so I then subsequently went on to win my first four rounds. Um, one of those, like the second round, I played somebody who 
then ends up knocking out Ash uh, later in the tournament. He's just got a bunch of uh, fatty green green dudes. And the third round, I play um, the the double Venser guy, who uh, yeah, That's foil right. Venser and regular Venser, Venser with uh, a bunch of things that are pretty good when you blink them. <laughs> uh, it was it was actually pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, I, I I made my way through that. Um, in the fifth round, I played uh, uh, becoming a, a pretty good friend of uh, of of some of uh, the Milwaukee folk. Uh, Lissa uh, played her in the in the fifth round. That was a lot. Of, that was a lot of fun. Went to three games. Had uh, um, uh, B Raz and some some other folks watch all three games, and that was that was a lot of fun. It was kind of like playing, you know, definitely definitely like playing at home. <laughs> but uh, um, I I ended up. Making a very poor decision in my um, my mulliganing by keeping uh, one of my one of my one of my big bombs. I had I had a few bombs. Um, I had Kadaltha Phoenix and True Conviction with a Mirror Biosphere. It's a pretty it was a pretty good deck, but um, the the mana requirements for both white and for red were were fairly strict. I, I basically had a bunch of uh, a bunch of white cards with the one Kadaltha Phoenix, but Unfortunately, um, I I was I was a little more focused in terms of my um, later rounds when I was seeing my hands. If I saw one of the bombs, it was like okay, insta keep. You know, I, I'll just once I get one of these, I'm just going to win. Well, the reality is, I won my early matches when I didn't see the bomb because I I knew that I had so many bombs in the deck. All I need to do is is keep a hand that has a really good early game that gets that survives into the late game where one of my bombs will win. And uh I I played the opposite way that I that I did early rounds in my latter rounds. Um so after after losing to Lissa, I then I then played Matthias uh who who had a a, a cute deck with uh, um the three um, Skyo School and Nim Death Mano. Uh, and by Skyo School, I mean like three or four, a bunch of like efficient three three flyers. Um, he ended up going on to to make top eight and then subsequently uh, win. And he was our he was our BTQ champ. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, losing losing to, to to definitely very cool people. And then uh, I ended up doing pretty poorly and 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 I lost out at that point. So. Um, yeah, it was a very it was a very fun run, but it it did not uh, it did not end the way that I that I had uh, hoped. And I think I got I might have gotten a little a little cocky when I after um, after winning my first four, and and then hearing that uh, only one of my opponents had lost to uh, someone other than me. Uh, that was that was like a really big confidence boost, but almost probably too much. Um, yeah, Rhino going two and two was the only person that that didn't. Uh, win all of their other early games, so uh, yeah, I, I think I got a little, a little cocky and uh, and it's like, oh, all I need to do is hit my bomb. Oh, I see it in my hand, and then keep, you know, playing maybe a little too fast. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, that was that was my PTQ experience. It was uh, still a lot of fun. Uh, ending ending with a, with less pleasant of a of a record than in in a lot of the the other. Um, bigger events that we've that I've been playing and uh been doing pretty well in this format. Um we had a we had a nice debate. I don't think that we're going to we're going to go into it here, but we had a nice debate about playing or drawing in sealed. Uh Jonathan's a huge huge proponent of of playing with um he, like 
any of the the white, red, aggro deck and any infect deck um, being on the play and, and tempo being very, very important. And uh, I think that this is a draw format almost regardless of what deck you're playing with the with I, I, I can see the exception to uh, a fast infect deck um, and, and and I mean I really even even fast um, red white decks I, I, I really don't think with the without there being an exception to the rule you know Kadalfa rebirth and and goblin you know Gavalier, like Uber, like Memnite, like really, really like lay out your hand kind of fast decks might be an exception to the rule. But other than that, I really don't see the, the, the majority of those decks being uh, being appropriate to play. I think that that, that one card is, is more important. So we, we went into a, a really long, um, I, I don't think it was long, but it was it was a nice heated debate. It was, it was a lot of good content. And I, I heard certain- Drake throwing chairs in the background. It got pretty heated. <laughs> there might have been a cat. That got crushed or something. Was going on. Yep, that was it. Oh, he's yeah, okay. <laughs> Mittens is back. Don't worry, everyone. He's okay. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think that uh, I'm I'm of a very tempo-minded play style, and that might uh, play into it a little bit. But I think that you know there is almost uh, the only point I'll make on it is that there is a type of card advantage that I think some players don't fully um, recognize with. Uh, tempo-based uh, strategies, which is that eventually you will force your opponents into making the n- poor quality plays, making poor blocks, etc., etc., because they need to to stay alive. They need those extra uh, three life so they don't get Galvanic blasted out. They need uh, that extra, um, you know, blocker to stop your one last uh, infect guy from getting in in case you have any kind of pump, etc., etc. So... Um, there is something to be said for that, and I think that that's a kind of card advantage. I don't know if you want to call it a card advantage. Sure, I mean, it's, 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 you know, kind it's kind of, of pseudo that, card advantage in, in that, a way, but it's. That you I, get, and, and that, and that um, is something that a lot of people don't take into account when they talk about tempo, or talk about playing first versus drawing first. Um, yeah, and I, and, I, and I can, I could, I could see other, I could see some people, um, you know, having that that perspective of of not really understanding, but I think that coming from me, it's actually uh, quite a big thing to say that it's clearly quote unquote, you know, quoting myself, <laughs> that it's clearly a a draw format to me. That's saying a lot because I am very much so a, a tempo player. I I like to be on the play. I like to be, um, you know, setting a tone and and you know, it's it's really just setting getting a guy out there, and then anytime they try and. Uh, you know, put something in your way, you just get rid of it, and then you just kind of, you know, climb on the back of your one flyer. You know, I, I that's that's my style. If I if I were to say I really have one, um, so I I think that that me saying that this is a, a draw format is, is is it has some significance. It's not that I don't understand, and it's not that I generally am you know choosing to draw, but in in sealed. For scars, I think that it's appropriate to draw. Now, in in draft, it's a whole different thing. But and I disagree. I think there are times yeah. where it's appropriate to draw. I think there are times where it's appropriate not to, um, and it depends on the deck and the situation. Also, I think it really depends on what deck you're playing against. Um, but moving along, uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about something. Speaking of controversy, uh, something that we touched on, uh, but that we need to go over again because it's that important. Uh, Tamahari Saito, one of the best players in the world, uh, in recent Hall of Fame uh, 
soon to be inductee. Is that correct? Or is yes. He already yes. At, at Worlds. Will be inducted. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he uh, was DQ'd for slow play. Um, should we? Let's see. I think there's a. If we go on Billy Moreno's blog, there's an eyewitness account. Um, I had another link to it, but I took that down. So I'm just going to read over this quickly. Uh, let's see. This was from uh, Billy Moreno's blog, and it was the eyewitness account of it. Um, and I guess it's someone he personally vouches for. Uh, he said, I personally watched this, and it was outrageous. He, Tom Hari Saito, uh, should have been DQ'd immediately. Play was proceeding normally as Saito was winning. There are six to seven minutes left. The kid then, uh, cunning wishes for Sabo to Sucre and decrees Merfolk. Saito tanks for 45 seconds, reveals his hand of two Merfolk. He bends his two, hand, two in hand and two in play. Kid untaps, casts Jace. Saito counts the kid's sideboard, reveals... Uh, reviews his graveyard, says okay. The kid fate seals and leaves a daze on top. He activates factory and attacks. Then Saito spends 45 minutes or 45 seconds debating wastelanding it before taking two. He rereads Jace again. He untaps, draws daze. He reviews both graveyards, spends 30 to 40 seconds before saying go. Kid fate seals and leaves a land. He activates his factory and attacks. Saito repeats his 45 seconds, fingering the wasteland before taking two. Then he draws, or then he stops to read Jace. Saito draws a land and reviews both graveyards. He spends 30 seconds before playing another land. He stops to read Jace for another 20 seconds. He then fidgets with the wasteland, and then fetch land for 20 seconds before saying go. Kid Fate seals land on top. He then activates factory. Saito reviews Kid's graveyards and finally takes two. Kid casts Pernicious Deed with four man up. Saito considers dazing it until time is called. The rest of the game takes under one minute. Okay, so that's I think the that's the telling part right at the end. Yeah. That one all of a sudden, oops, the whole zoom, 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 we're done. Yeah, what a coincidence. Well, uh, I mean, the only thing I'll say about this is... With the, oh, the other piece of news with this is that uh, you can go on their website, but Channel Fireball, um, actually, Louis Scott Varget... Well, Tamahari Saito writes a letter of apology to the Magic community and to all his fans, and um, Luis Scott Vargas and says that you know they'll wait to see what happens as the investigation continues. Luis Scott Vargas says, you know, he appreciates the work Saito's done or whatever, but they're going to split with him and they will no longer be uh, employing him or hosting his uh, services on the site. So that was really interesting. His articles will no longer appear on that site. Um, which is very interesting, uh, and kudos to Channel Fireball for maintaining the reputation and for holding such a high level of, of uh, kind of honor in this situation, I'd say. Um, and and we're both big fans of that website anyway, so definitely check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, but um, the only thing I'll say on it is that it's important to recognize for anyone that even thinks about taking advantage of the game or cheating in any way or whatever or see someone doing it and doesn't call them out on it, it's like if if Tamahar said, who is without a doubt one of the best players in the world, right? Like, without... No, no question. No question. No question. If he gets caught... Some people think there's, you know, there's issues of favoritism or whatever, whatever, and that people have certain relationships with judges, and that may or may not be the case. But if he can get caught and get in trouble for it, then... Any of us can, and it's important to recognize that and let that even be a further deterrent to you or anyone that you know. And 
also be vigilant in calling people on that. This kid, maybe he should have called the judge over well long ago. But that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page on this one. I mean, it's... Wait, you're against cheating too? Yeah, right? Such a surprising (laughs) reality. We didn't right. we didn't have like half of a podcast talking exclusively about cheating or anything. No, <laughs> how and how awful it is and all the different. Yeah, yeah, it definitely didn't happen. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I know it's it's this. I I don't know if there's really anything that can be done about Saito um, going in the Hall of Fame. I don't I don't think so. I don't think that it's really. I don't think by the nature of the Hall of Fame that they can go under any go into any process where they, you know, repeal, you know, unless they unless they unless they had a vote, a specific vote about it, you know, or something. Otherwise, maybe just have an asterisk. I mean, it's really it's like the baseball Hall of Fame. Um, I think. So I don't know. It's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, but the the one thing that I I certainly want to want to put out there is that it is a huge tribute to the professionalism and the the quality of the Channel Fireball crew that they that that LSV stepped up and said, you know, you know, we don't know exactly we weren't exactly we weren't exactly there. We weren't we don't know everything, but the reality is um, this is unacceptable. This does not represent us. This does not represent who who we are and what we're trying to do and that we need to part ways. And to do that with uh, with somebody who is, in fact, going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame in such a short period of time from now, I think is tremendous and very, very important and says a lot about the, the character of um, – of LSV and and Channel Fireball and Absolutely. their and team and the work like, that they've done over there is just outstanding. It's just incredible the amount of quality and professionals and the whole layout, everything that they it's we take it for granted I think because it is so good. But you know it's they are seamless in their professionalism and the quality of work that they put out. It is really incredible, um, and also just the amount of quality players. I mean. You know, in my humble opinion, and we'd love to hear what listeners think about this, uh, and and I'd love to hear what you think, Greg. But I think it's by far the best website out there as far as the quality of writers. I mean, you know, you you have like Man Nation, which is pretty good, but you know, still kind of finding their their own. You have TCG Player, which you know, it's it's hit or miss. I think um, Connolly writes them sometimes, which is great. Uh, you have a couple other. Uh, you've, got, sites. you've got you've got Star you've got Star City. You've got Star City, which you know yeah. it's like I don't know. I mean, Star City kind of had I think the monopoly for a while, um, and it wasn't exactly monopoly, but they probably had like a market share monopoly. Um, but they really. I mean, just the fact that you don't have to pay for Channel Fireball's content alone, but also the amount of quality of their content is very impressive to me and I'm incredibly happy with what their site has done and with the amount of talent they've been able to bring under one umbrella. It's just it's phenomenal. Absolutely like that's, out of that's, control. There was a little bit of, of the story from the la- from the episode that got, you know, lost uh, or the portion of the episode that got lost that I um, I'm not gonna really go into, but the reality is I spent a lot of time um, I got I got some some 
some really cool access to some of the Channel Fireball guys when I went to Nashville. Um, one of the people in our, in our group is, writes for them. So um, I, got, I got a lot of access to those people just by, by being around them, <laughs> just being around uh, uh, the person that was in, in our hotel. So I got a chance in kind of an unfettered way to to really get a glimpse from from the outside without really being you know not not really going up and interviewing people uh not saying hey tell me about blah 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 but but just kind of being around them and it is a phenomenal group of players both from a skill perspective but also from an integrity uh standpoint and just i mean it's what what channel fireball has done from a um, a team perspective, getting together a group of, of magic players and um, yes, getting content out of them from a you know for the for the website, but also from a you know just working together and and really building some some relationships. Uh, it's it's phenomenal, and and I I I can't speak enough about how great of an opportunity that was and and my thanks to you know everybody that that i guess allowed me to be a fly on the wall to some of the the conversations and some of the interactions and and getting to spend some time with um to Gerard Fabiano and just some of the, some of the, some of the guys like some of those guys are just really like they're hilarious they're a lot of fun they're just great people to be around so um yeah i i i can't speak enough about Channel Fireball at this point. In terms of the best, like um, Star City Games provides some very specific content, um, and if that's the content that you were looking for, and don't get me wrong, I, um, I've I, I have been a, a premium subscriber to them, so I, I I I enjoy a lot of what they write. Channel Fireball has really eclipsed their their overall content. Um, and, but for some time now, with with their with their draft videos and and some of their you know their sealed videos, that that content really wasn't produced in the quantity and the quality uh, that Channel Fireball has anywhere else on the on the internet, um, to my knowledge. And that's that's you know very important. So it's 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 a big part of of making the community of Magic players better and the information out there. You know, just stronger and, and and more of it. If you want it, you can find it, which is not something that existed, um, to my knowledge, even maybe even a year ago for se, per se. So yeah. Um, while we're, I mean, transitioning away from the, the side of thing, there's one one thing that uh, um, you had noted uh, that Dylan um, put together an article. Yeah, uh, Dylan. Um Lurch, uh, who's a kind of, I mean, I've followed him on, on Twitter for a while. He writes interesting articles now. He, uh, got picked up through Kelly Reed's, uh, Quiet Speculation. Um, he, uh, I think he's been listening to us for a bit and give him a quick shout out, but, uh, we had a little back and forth on Facebook and he, uh, recently, um, put up an article titled Four Spikes, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, just about kind of the new content that they'll be offering, um, and, uh, yeah, I wanted I want to talk about that a little bit actually. Okay, uh, the so my you know one of my quiet speculation has been kind of my little sleeper pick for one of my favorite um, websites for magic content. I, I really enjoy some of the the financial co- um, 
content. Um, I was really, really excited for doubling season before it died in a, in a fire. <laughs> doubling season was, was a, was a website. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into it, but, um, quiet speculation is Kelly Reed's baby. And all of the, the content was financially based. Well, as of like two or three days ago, they rolled out, um, they went from all financial based to expanding and bringing on a, a, a large variety of writers. Now they have three sections, financial, Spike, and Timmy. And the Spike section is actually being um, um, presented by Dylan. Dylan is actually the content manager for their Spike section. And if you, if you look on there, there's a bunch of um, pretty cool new authors. So they're going to – so Quiet Speculation is going to pro- provide – this whole like spike, you know, um, competitive, you know, tournament play type articles about, you know, ex- um, constructed and limited formats, anything that, that you would consider like spiky formats, and then also something that I noticed while um, I was originally drawn to the fact that that his his, his title had four spikes in it, and I thought that was pretty clever, pretty cool, and then re- then realized after that that he was a listener of our show. Um, I saw the the Timmy article, which was actually um, the Timmy the Timmy content manager is actually uh, Adam Staborski, um, uh, aka the Stibs, who is also a follower of ours and is kind of the the big you know the big shot in um, talking about cubes and you know, casual formats. So he's the content writer for that, just you know really phenomenal. And one of one of their new writers is actually MTG Color Pie, the guy that um, that runs MTG Color Pie, which is one of the the few casual sites that I really like. Um, so it's one of my one of like my favorite little sleeper financial site now has all of these people that I um, either already paid attention to from different areas of the internet or <laughs> happen to have some affiliation with our with with our our little podcast here. Um, and that's just fantastic. So that's that's totally noteworthy, and, uh, and I give props to all of those guys on the new opportunity. And uh, and I'm I'm so glad that that it all came to to quiet speculation. Yeah. And just a quick update. Uh, I am on my Facebook right now, and I saw uh, an update from Brian David Marshall, uh, who put the actual official wizard suspension. Uh, it appears that he has been suspended uh for six oh for a year and a half holy shit sorry uh, and <laughs> that's nothing yeah well let's see i'm gonna I'll, I'll shoot you that link right now uh and um yeah you can just control off for cyto on it um but uh yeah, check that out. Um, and then there's actually a pretty interesting comment that David Whites has on here. I'm just going to read. Um, and then we'll be done with Saito, but this I thought was really interesting. He says, Saito was on an absolute free roll. I don't see how you can feel remotely sorry for him. He had, what, a couple grand at most to gain from winning that match? On the other hand, and he basically says, on the other hand, he had pro tours for life, appearance fees, writing jobs, the opportunity to be a bit shady selling cards on the floor, hmm, I don't know what that means, etc., to lose. It's obvious he just, he got greedy. 
Uh, that's pretty interesting. I've never heard the shady seller. I know he's a dealer and he has a shop, I believe, but I never heard that he was a shady seller by selling cards on the floor or anything like that. But so, so, so what that what, what that's talking about is um, when you go to a big you go to a big tournament like a, a GP or even even some of the smaller tournaments on the edges you've got the dealers. Those dealers pay to be there. They also pay for an exclusivity. You cannot within the, those halls exchange cash for cards with anyone that is not one of those licensed okay, dealers. So it's just a general and he goes case. around. He goes around and he he will he will pay um, as 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 a part of his his trading techniques. He'll bring out cash okay. and he will he will offer to to either pay or to buy cards, which is like it's an it's it's a no no. Um, yeah, it's a no no if you're is that not a technical if, term. it's it's just it's one of those things where um if if you know a dealer and you are and you are 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 either in some way shape or form affiliated with a dealer that has paid to be there um which some people that that go up there actually are that's a totally different situation right but that is not the situation that um, okay he he is being so like that's all okay i i haven't i haven't been to a lot of GPs and stuff, so I haven't. So it's just um, okay. So that's, that's but that's what, what that's what that's referring to. Yeah. Okay, and uh, also before I forget, we want to make sure we mention Dylan's uh, Twitter account, which is D T L E R C H D T Lurch. Uh, so check him out on Twitter. He, I, I'm a follower. I've been following him for a while, um, and he puts up some interesting stuff. I think he's a pro poker player, but he. Uh, that's how he supports himself, but he's really interesting ideas on magic. And what I like about him is he's always brewing up new stuff, uh, and he's more on the spiky side of things, so right up our alley. Um, okay, so GP Florence talked about that. Uh, let's talk quickly about the new format coming up, Extended. Uh, what Extended means now, as people already probably know, but just to touch over it, is that uh, Lorwyn, Shadowmore, even Tide, Morning Tide, the whole shards block... And everything that's in Type 2 is legal now. So it's not going to be as expensive with all the fet, uh, crack land, um, all the shock lands, excuse me, and everything else. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, and it's going to mean that um, that's coming up really quickly. Uh, we do want to give a shout-out to Silver Spring Games and Hobby, who they will be having an event coming up very soon. Uh, a Grand Prix trial, and the cool thing that's actually this Sunday, December fifth, at 11, starting at 11:30 a.m., and that's going to be at 1935 West Silver Spring Drive. Uh, it's right off the freeway, 43 in Milwaukee. But it's cool because first of all, the entry fee is 11.97 plus tax. Um, so that's funny. Uh, but second of all, and our friend uh, Bog Road. <laughs> He he wrote on that wall for the event. I assumed that advanced metrics were involved in determining this number, and uh, I thought that was hilarious. I don't know why, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> so that's cool. It's super cheap. They're putting in three packs um, per person for prize support, plus um, the additional uh, from the vaults relics uh, prize to first prize, which is cool if they get 30 more people, and that's pretty sweet. So it's cheap. Um, the prize support is phenomenal if that from the Vaults Relics is winnable because I really want that for my cube and uh, anyone in the Milwaukee area or southeastern Wisconsin should check it out Um, and 
Greg, do you want to briefly talk about your thoughts for Extended as someone who did play a lot of Shadowmoor and Eventide? Yeah, so um, I haven't. I have. I have played zero Lorewood, Shadowmoor, Eventide. I've played. I've played none of that. Um, none of those sets. So it's it's pretty in- intimidating to to me um, in general. Having having coming come back in Zendikar, even really considering any of the older formats is extremely intimidating because so many sets have come and gone over the course of the time I was gone. Um, but really, when when you examine Extended a little bit and you really take a look at okay, well, I I played in in Standard with and when I came in there was all of Shards Black, and not all of it was relevant. Because a lot of you know, just a lot of it wasn't good, and it wasn't constructed worthy at that time. But you still got a, a, a firm idea of what the shards block represented. And if you if you if you take all of what is in standard today plus shards block, and you really examine what else is there, you know a lot of the those cards even if you haven't been play, if you haven't haven't played with them. Right. So, like Kitchen Finks, for example, that's a card that I've heard people talk about um, for a long time. It's something that I've seen in cubes and, and that's another thing is if, if you've played a little bit of some of these these more casual formats like a cube format you've you've got some kind of random access to at least the best of the best of some of those old, older cards and really that's that's all you need to know to start. I mean that's that's really all you need to know. So right, I'm right. I'm intimidated by some of the older, older formats but extended in particular I think that I've got enough, enough of a grasp on current and then just past or just rotated out standard to be able to say all right i have a, a decent idea of what types of decks might be competitive and then you know these things like fairies and, and bitter blossom in particular and 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 some of the the staples from just before just before i uh, i came back to the game I have an idea of some of those those things, and, and all it takes is a little bit of investigation of some of the uh, the, the decks that that do well early. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for for this first GPT. But if you if you've been playing for even a year or two longer than uh, than when I came back, yeah. So the reality is if if is if you came if you were playing before when I came, which was right after. Uh, I, I, I come to realize was right, right after right. rotation. If you were playing a little bit before that, you've got three quarters of this format already in your brain as a part of any you know if you've played standard at all. So the best, so realistically, this is just twice the amount of time of standard. It's something that vast majority of our listeners will be able to jump right into, and that's assuming that our listeners didn't play extended before. It's a lot easier. To, to to grasp the full brevity of the decks than it was for extended, you know, this time last year. Right. So I think I think that it's a it's an incredible opportunity to really get to play with some of these older cards that, you know, you can't play with in standard anymore. You can't, you know, you definitely don't play with in limited anymore. So and I'll uh, go briefly over the deck that I'm thinking about running. I think this is sure. what I'm going to be playing. It's uh, this is well this I have a base for the deck set out. Uh, four Kitchen Finks, four Bloodbraid Elves, four Night of the Reliquaries, uh, and I think I'll also have four Lotus Cobras, and I'm going to pretty much go from there. Um, so my plan is just a efficient creature Naya deck with a lot of explosive opportunities and 
two of the most efficient creatures I've ever played with, uh, Bloodbraid Elf and uh, and um, Kitchen Finks. Kitchen Finks, thanks. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm looking at. Uh, I think Jund will be super strong as well. Uh, Mono Red will have a place at the table, um, and there's a couple other. Uh, cool decks out there. Another cool thing is that Figure Destiny is back in, uh, which is great and a really fun card, so Mono White might be viable because um, you also have access to the good Elspeth. So, um, yeah, Extended should be fun, and again, if you're in the Milwaukee area, check out Silver Spring Games and Hobby. Um, let's see. Yeah, also, this this Saturday, this Saturday, before that, is a PTQ in Illinois. Um, the following Saturday is a PTQ in Indianapolis on the 11th, and then on the Saturday after that, there's going to be a PTQ in Minneapolis. Where, right. Um, we're going to be. Those will all be sealed. But yeah, so those are all sealed. Those are. I think that's pretty much the end of the sealed PTQ season. So, um, considering the fact that that's the end of the sealed, sealed PTQ season, if you're either a very bored with sealed because you've been doing it for so long, or b, you know, you're just want to be uh, prepared for the next season. Extended is right. the next PTQ season. That is what you are going to be playing if you go to PTQs. So taking advantage of a GPT is really a phenomenal opportunity. Um, even if you have no oppor- no desire to use the three-round buys that you will get in addition to any other prizes for winning a GPT. So. Yeah, and uh, that's right. So... The so the GPTs are a fun way to experiment and get started on the format, and uh, definitely winning a from the vault relics would make my day. So hopefully that will be successful, and we'll return with our report from that uh, probably next week. Um, the last thing that we're going to touch on, unless Greg has anything else, is his uh, significant other, Allison, uh, has some art uh, that she's been doing. She's been basically. Um, tearing up some awesome uh, chalices and uh, there's a cool fireball and there's a bunch of other stuff. It's on our Facebook site. We also uh, put a link to it in the uh, show notes. Um, and I know some people have already checked it out and commented. Uh, so check that out. She also is willing to uh, customize things. So if you have something you'd like to see uh, modified, uh, hit us up and Greg can uh get into contact with Allison and figure out exactly the details of how that'll all work. Uh, and you briefly want to talk about how she started modifying cards? Yeah, I mean, the reality is is I I saw some really cool alterations on, online, and I was I didn't realize this was before Nationals, and I actually had my like my first card alters from from artists. Um, what I went on I went online and I saw. Uh, I think I came across like a Baneslayer Angel or something that would had been made into a full art, like crazy um, modification, and I was like, whoa! And then I had to like had to look for more, and I found this whole, you know, crazy amount of of stuff online. Lots of different artists have gone to make it like their hobby to to alter cards, um, and found that you could actually buy some of this stuff. And I was like, whoa, that's that's pretty cool. That that seems fair. I'd I'd pay you know, X dollars in addition, you know, above the price of that card to have an altered card that I could play um, that still is 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 legal in some of these formats. Some alters are and some aren't. 
there are some regulations and things like that, um, some rules to have a DCI playable. But anyway, so I, I saw that and I actually forwarded the link to um, to my girlfriend who happens to be a um, a graphic design major at Marquette, and uh, yeah, she kind of took the idea and ran with it. Uh, her first couple are on there. Um, I'm I'm a little embarrassed by them because they're a little cutesy. Uh, evol- the evolving wilds and there's like a um, a kiln scene that um, like a dog with like a um, a bone and it's kind of like oh that's cutesy. <laughs> um, and then I, I gave some feedback, which she greatly appreciated. Actually, it was like very genuinely appreciated the feedback. He's like realistically, um, me just you know changing some cards, modifying some cards is is fun, but I I get out of it the experience of, of of doing it and then it doesn't really hold any value to me if nobody else is appreciating it. So she said um she basically asked for some requests and I gave her some some cards um and she has grown leaps and bounds with some specific, you know, requests for like um more rather than called card art alterations, more extended art and some of the stuff that she's done with like mana leaks and the fireball and stuff. Yeah, those mana leaks look quite, great. Yeah, those are those are phenomenal. I, I highly encourage anybody who's even remotely interested in alterations to check out all that art yeah. um, and leave some feedback. If there's things you like, things you don't like, leave some feedback. And um, we might even uh, we might even in sometime in the future have a contest a contest for her art, right? And we'll get feedback from folks and see what we can do to. Um, Hook some folks up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, re, the reality is, it's 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 kind of a hobby of hers. Um, if you if you want her to do something specifically for you, um, I know for a fact that she'd be more than interested in doing that. Um, if it's a speci- if it's not something that she's going to keep, if it's something that she, that um, that you that you want, um, there'll probably be like a very modest, small little fee. Yeah, for, nothing under. For, you know, nothing. No, nothing, like, nothing crazy at all. No, it's just, it's just yeah. for primarily for, um, for uh, the, the pens, the pens and stuff right. are actually quite expensive. So, like something to, to cover that. But other than that, she, um, I know for a fact, if you if you get her the you know the the card or what, and so you can really get her any kind of card. Um, you know, even a foil Jace, for example, if you got her one of those, you know, I I know that she would be um, she would be very diligent in in taking care of and then altering that card to someone's desire. So it's it's pretty cool where 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 we've come um, in terms of that because it was just something that was kind of like a hey check this out and she's ran with it and uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing it. So yeah, uh, and she's she's she does good work. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, and uh, and also. Um, you know, if you uh, have any stories or any cool altered art or any good pictures, we'd love to see those too. So feel free to yeah, send absolutely. those to us. Um, and uh, Greg, um, without I think further ado, how can the folks reach us? Yeah, I mean that, that about wraps up what we wanted to, to get through. But uh, um, check us out on Twitter. Um, our, our Twitter fan base is starting to to grow a little bit, which encourages us to provide some more content on there. Um, we um, we're on Twitter at uh, Force Bites, so definitely check us out there. Um, email us um, if you've got very specific feedback uh, that you want us to, to hear about our our shows or um, some whether it be past shows or future shows, suggestions or whatever. I highly encourage you to email us at forcebikes yep. at gmail dot com, and then Facebook, uh, Facebook and uh, you know uh, on Facebook that's where the vast majority of our content is. If you know our our day to day 
know, this is something, this is a new spoiler or whatever. We put out some pictures. Um, there's some, we've got a fair, a fair fan base that, that is starting to, to, to grow and, and we're definitely going to put out more content uh, on there. And then of course on MCG cast, which you can uh, check out like old episodes and, and comment as well. So um, yeah, that about wraps up the, the episode. I That's think. the episode. And uh, sorry for any of the confusion. I uh, hope you enjoyed part two of our 10th episode, double digits. Uh, so props to us. Uh, good job, Greg. And, yeah. It's- uh, it's been it's been a fun road. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. This is a this is a, a much shorter version. Um, I imagine some of you will will greatly appreciate that, and then I imagine there will be some sad faces out there. Yeah, but Don't uh, worry, we'll have more episodes coming soon. Yeah, um, and, absolutely. And we actually we we missed out on I don't know if I mentioned this in the other segment, but we missed out on our special guest this time due to illness. But hopefully, we'll have a special guest joining us next week. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's she's whoa, great. Greg, Greg. Our special guest, we hope, is better. We're not going to specify gender, as that may or may not. Okay, it's MTG Mom. All right. Yeah. No more <laughs> she, well, the reality is, is if you if you're paying attention on Twitter, we keep talking about, like we've been talking back and forth about how we missed her, um, and See, how. But we would have given the Twitter contents a special, you know, the Twitter list followers a special content. Now, you know, they're just regular like everyone else because everyone's going to hear it. So. This is, this is true, uh, but next time I probably won't do that, and next time you will have some exclusive information. True, although there are very few females, so <laughs> it's probably not going to matter. But uh, that's okay. Yeah, they're, if we cared that much, we would edit this part out, which we're not going to, so it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so anyway yeah, so um, TG Mom hopefully will be joining us, um, and uh, we're going to hear the whole backstory of her deal, how she got involved, what her and her husband's life and magic is, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, and uh, she also, actually, I, I've been chatting with her back and forth, and it's interesting because she has a really interesting depth and knowledge and perspective of a lot of the pro players that most people don't, uh, only because she is not a pro, but has a lot of access and, and friends that are uh, pros, uh, one of them having just one GP Nash, so... Uh, that'll be uh, pretty interesting too. But thanks so much for listening, as always, to our show. We really appreciate it. And we will holler at you next week. Adios. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook. Bye bye.